millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. This is BIPOC Credits a show that shines a light on the Black, Indigenous, and people of color who work in the booming BC film industry with high hopes of creating a more diverse Hollywood North behind and in front of the camera. Want to learn about the people behind your favorite movies and TV shows? Keep listening. Want to learn how to survive and thrive in the film industry? Keep listening. Want to convince your parent or guardian to let you be a part of the film industry? Keep listening. Welcome to BIPOC Credits. Here's your host, Andy Wong. Hello, my name is Andy and I'm the host of BIPOC Credits. Thank you so much for joining us today and I'm gonna start off with a question. Have you ever wanted to be an actor but the thought of being on camera and remembering your lines and forgetting your lines wasn't so appealing? Well, our guest today is Brian Do Chua, who is a voice actor working in the Vancouver animation game voice industry. He's worked on shows such as Beyblade and My Little Pony and an anime called World Trigger and even shows he's not even allowed to tell us. Having been in the industry for over a decade, he's seen a lot of changes, especially in the area of diversity. And so I really wanted to get his perspective on what's changed and also get a little bit of an insider scoop on how casting finds these voice actors and how one could get started in the voice industry. Also, as a white and Chinese actor, finding his identity, balancing the two cultures has been a learning and growing experience. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Brian. Thanks so much for joining us. (laughs) No problem, buddy. Thanks for having me. Did you ever imagine that you would be a voice actor when you were like a kid? Did you imagine that that's the career that you would pursue? We're going right into it. Okay. Uh, when I was about 13, 14. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's, that was the plan. That was the uh, goal. Uh, and I just continued to work towards that. Really. When did that goal start? I think uh, I always tell this story about how I thought that the characters lived inside of the TV. And, you know, there were a couple of impulses to crack the TV open to meet them when no I was way. a child, Actually? like a toddler child. Um, <laughs> but, but I never did anything. No, I never did anything. Um, but, but there was there was a bit of that. Uh, but, you know, 
I, I realized when I was an adolescent that this was a this was something that people did, uh, that there were actors involved, and and I wanted to be a part of that. Yeah, really. Can this you is... talk about what it is you actually do as a voice actor? So often people aren't aware of of um, the techniques and things like that that actually goes behind this job. For me, I just focus on the acting. Or at least I try to. I, 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 try to, I try my best to really connect to the material as best I can. Um, and that can be a challenge, right, depending on the material. Um, right? It, it, took me, it took me a really long time to really viscerally understand that voice acting was acting. Um, I've always had a fair, I've always had a range. I, I get hired mostly for this, though, or a version of, of how I naturally sound. Um, yeah, or, or something close to it is, is usually, um, is usually when it ends up happening. Um, but, but I always knew that voice acting was acting, but it took me a really, really long time to like truly understand that at an emotional level and a visceral level and not just at an intellectual level. What was that mentality shift? Like when, uh, what changed for you to really realize that voice acting is like actually acting. You have to be in room present and all that practice (laughs) (laughs) you know like it's it's not like i've really realized for me anyways throughout my growth and development has been i you'll you just have to enjoy the process and just play and explore yeah, it just took me a while to figure it out, right? And and there are things, you know, as you grow and develop. I mean, you know this as a filmmaker and as an actor and producer, like you the more you do it, the more you grow and the more you learn and 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 the more you discover. By practicing, did you did you do a lot of um like self projects? Like did you just record a bunch of things of you trying to redub things without really having anyone pay for it just as like experience or what well, what's that practice like for you back back when you were first starting up and whatnot before before you started booking? I would read aloud, right? Um, I did a lot of I did a lot of um, a lot of high school drama, a lot of high school theater. Was really involved in the arts programs. They're really grateful for those teachers. Um, but I also auditioned online for random audio dramas. How old were you at that time? It was fifteen. Dang, dude. <laughs> Early. Yeah, it was a while. Yeah. And we could. We we were we were able to and and um it was an experience. I love to touch on that because um who got you into into doing that at fifteen years old? That's not really something that our public system like promotes per se. When I said I wanted to be an actor when I was sixteen, everyone was like, No, there's no money in acting. That's a not a that's not a viable financial career. So who who um who got you into that idea of doing that? Um well it was my sister actually. I remember seeing as a kid when I was about 10 or 11 12 uh Kirby Morrow may he rest in peace. Um oh, no. he passed away yeah, right. uh last winter. Um but but he was on a um he was on like a kids I don't even remember what it was called where he he did a little bit of an interview and and because he was talking about being Goku and Dragon Ball Z back in the day and 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 I remember being wait 
wait, you're the same person. Wait, hold on. That's really cool. How does, wah, huh? You know, and it was a whole thing. Um, and, and, um, and then, you know, I found this, I found this, um, site that's no longer around. Um, and I just would audition for random audio dramas on online, basically. And and was your parents supportive of that? And were they helping you out? Or was that kind of an endeavor on your, on your own? They didn't know. <laughs> they know now, but they didn't know. Right. You basically took your career in your own hands, especially back in the day. Like, it's not an industry that was perceived to, to have such financial gains, you know? Like, people... Um, because of this current boom for for digital filmmaking and and digital uh, uh, projects, there's more opportunities for actors and and people are starting to realize that this is more of a bigger industry. But like back in the day, it was film, and there's not that many there there weren't that many films and TV shows and whatnot. So it's understandable on their part. I had to fight them uh, for a. Uh for a while, right? It took them a while to, to really get it. And that's not, that's no disrespect to them. They, they were coming from a place of love. They were, you know, and, and, but, but it, it took a while for them to like, you know, be okay with it. Yeah. I think that there's a lot of people that have had this exact same story of just like, well, people like us don't exist. Like, I remember, I remember, um, I remember, it, I I didn't like it. I was I, I was raised Catholic, right? And I remember going to the to the to, to church on Sundays, and and the the, the priest was uh, I think he was Filipino, and he said in his he said in one of his sermons he was like, yeah, I could never be an actor because I don't look like Brad Pitt. I remember hearing that, going, that's ridiculous. That's such a huge misconception, but it, it's a it's a very mis uh, common misconception. Yeah, like when I when I was starting out when I would tell people that I wanted to be an actor, they just assumed that I wanted to be a movie star and I have no intention or interest in being a movie star. Yeah. Um, that's not why I, I got into it. Um, well, I mean, that's yeah. what this whole podcast is about. It's to shine a light that there are, there's more than just movie stars and, and directors in the film industry. It's, it's people like, like you and, and the other, other guests that um, we bring up on board. But I think I think what needs to happen is for like parents, for example, to understand the work that goes behind thing and 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 the successes, right? Like that that um people like you end up gaining and and how you end up building a career for yourself. It's tough, you yeah. know. It's it's really hard to to um to explain that. I think you know because I work with kids now, um right. I I'll teach a little bit here and there and on the mic. Um, and at Rogue Studios and at the drama class. I'm at three right now. My goodness. Um, which is insane. That's, that's insane. How do you balance everything? I don't. Yeah. Um, uh, I, <laughs> we'll get to that. Which is not a good thing. We're, we're rectifying that now. But yeah, I'm, I'm working with more and more uh, uh, people of all different backgrounds and ethnicities. Um, and then that, that you know... I, I don't know if that was a thing when I was growing up, right? I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if that was still a thing. I mean, I'm, but I'm definitely noticing that now, and and I'm definitely noticing um, a bit of a shift. Like, there's more diversity in that sense. Yeah, I am noticing a bit of a shift, right? I mean, of course, there are still probably people, you know, of all of all different walks of life that are that are 
wanting to pursue this and, and are running into many obstacles, right? But I, I think that at the end of the day, you know, it's 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 changing. I think, especially in the last two years. Like, have have you have you seen more auditions in the last few years for yourself? And and has like the BIPOC element ever? Do you feel like the BIPOC element has affected the amount of auditions that you've gotten? That's a really loaded question, dude. <laughs> because because um, yes and no. In voice over the last year, um, they've been really specifying in the breakdowns. We want BIPOC, or we want um, Asian, or we want Chinese, or um, South Asian, right? All that stuff. So I've definitely seen opportunities in that regard. Um, you and I were talking earlier. I'm not a fan of the term BIPOC in voice casting. I don't like it. Um, and, and the reason I don't like it is because in, in film and TV, you can say BIPOC because you're casting off of this. Right. But in animation, for example, you're casting off of how you sound and they're going to animate to whatever ethnicity that the producer has in mind, essentially, is my understanding. Right. right? If they say BIPOC, but the character I'm auditioning for is Latino, well, it's BIPOC, but the character design looks like he's Latino. So how do I, 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 I don't want to read for that, you know? And so, and, and trust me though, I will say in, in addition to that, that, that casting, especially in this town, they're pr- in, in voice, they're pretty good. Like they try their best to stick to that ethnicity and, and try to be accurate yeah. with that. Yeah, they, they they really, I've really noticed them do the best that they can. I, I've noticed that, especially over the last year and a bit. That's really awesome to hear because um, there's there's so much noise about about you know our industry needs to be more diverse and 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 our um we we need to do better and things like that. And we never really hear this side of things where they are they are trying to get better and and there is actual action um to to get there um and i think i think just hearing that is is an important um aspect to this conversation of how to be diverse and and because you can you can keep claiming that you know we need to be better and and whatnot but when you're not also highlighting when things are getting better we don't know where to go from right well yeah and it's and it's a learning curve it's it's you you have to learn and listen and ask questions and i don't have the answers to everything right like you know i'm just sharing my experiences but i've definitely noticed casting and i can only speak for vancouver um in voice they're 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 really doing the best that they can um now to be as inclusive as possible yeah and that's also on all of us to just turn down auditions that we're not right for ethnicity wise. Yeah. That's that's a tough that's a tough one to convince actors of too because you know that's that's their bread and butter. I actually think that the majority of the people in Vancouver are actually pretty good about it. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, they're very supportive. Um it's a great community. Um it's it really is it's a really lovely and accepting community it is and um and there is always room for new people um uh, you know especially now some of it also is up to casting because yeah you know if if casting has to be the one to say okay well you read for this and you shouldn't have read for this so we're not going to send that along to the producers right or the client or whoever 
right? Like, you know, and, and that's, you know, but I, I, I don't know what goes on behind closed doors, but, but I don't, you know, when I watch animation or, or look up cast lists, I don't, I don't really see um, any of that anymore, you know, but that being said, I have no problem with, with, for example, if you, if you were to audition for a, for a white character in an, anim in an animated series, go for it. Dude. Right. Just do it. Because there's, there's like, what, three or four white characters per per person of color or something along those lines, right? Is that actually something that's written somewhere? No, 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 no. That's not written anywhere. That's just, that's just a ballpark estimate of what I've observed, right? Like, if I'm only going to audition for the one Asian character or the BIPOC character, because sometimes they still say that, right? Um... You know, and, and sometimes they'll say BIPOC because I'm assuming they just don't know uh, how or how they're going to animate it. I'm assuming. Right. Right. Um, sometimes we don't know. We don't know the character design. Like we're not given the character design. So how, how would we, how, you know, how would we, how would we know? Gotcha. Right. Um, that's, that's come up a bunch, right. Where I've had colleagues, really dear friends audition for roles. And then eventually they, they see the character design once they book it and they go, oh, oh, I shouldn't have. But how would you know? Yeah. Right? There have, there has been, there have been multiple instances where um, they'll animate the character as Chinese or as black. But they don't tell us. But is that animation based off of who they end up casting? Or is that is that already animation that they've done and casting's just kind of keeping it a secret because of an NDA or something like that. I don't know if it's necessarily a secret. I think it's just the 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 creatives up top don't realize what they're doing. Interesting. Yeah. I don't think it's malicious in any way. Um but it's definitely made um people uncomfortable, I think. That seems like it's pretty crucial information that needs to be released to our to the actors auditioning cuz it, it defines the character. Yeah. And and that is changing. Like it, it is, it is changing. It, oh, great. Okay. That doesn't happen as much as it used to. It'll still happen every once in a while. Right. Where we'll get there and it's like, I should not have, but how, how would we know? Right. Especially if they say BIPOC. Cause it, they, they just say BIPOC. They're, they're, they're not very specific as to like what, yeah. what BIPOC. <laughs> gotcha. I mean, I think that's a very fair criticism of 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 the term BIPOC in animation because you're you're not really seeing. Mm -hmm. Why did you end up getting into teaching? It was an accident. <laughs> it was an accident. What, what was the accident? I had a mentor years ago who I'd work with one on one privately, and he'd be like, "Okay, yeah, you're gonna sub my classes." Oh. And then, in exchange for that, I would just study with him, basically. Right. Basically, free classes for subbing his classes. Got it. Yeah. You know, I, I moved on, he moved on and he's not, he's no longer in, in Vancouver, but, but, um, uh, and now I'm at three different other schools, which is, was never the, was never the plan. But I, I really try to, uh, uh, really try to set my boundaries because I, I do a lot. <laughs> I just, I do a lot. Yeah. How do you balance everything plus this podcast? <laughs> You just don't sleep is what ends up happening. Let's talk about that though. Like I, I'm kind of doing the same thing. I'm on, I'm, I'm uh, finishing a show and I'm prepping another show as a second. Um, uh, and I'm doing 
this podcast as well and it is this idea of like you know let's just not sleep but at the same time it's not healthy how long have you been going on this grind for a whole year do you have any tips and tricks on how you stay awake and how you stay focused i just well i mean with the pandemic i mean i don't have a social life right now so i just work and that isn't necessarily healthy all the time. Like I do try to take breaks when I can. Yeah. It hit me about two months ago where I was like, oh, okay, we need to, we need to take a step back and um, just take it easy and breathe and um, rest. Do you find that your, your teaching and your auditions get, get affected by, by this hustle mentality? Like when you're doing way too much? One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, they do. Which is why I'm pulling back. Gotcha. Can you talk about like what what it is you realize or you recognize is like different from when you're like, you know, in your A game and and how this ends up affecting you? I just don't have as much energy. You know, it's interesting when I when I get really tired, I start holding my breath. Oh, is what, what ends up happening. I've noticed. Yeah. And as a voice actor, that's that's like a really bad thing to do. It doesn't help. Well, as an actor in general, it doesn't help. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Speaking of of uh, acting on camera, uh, can you talk about like the difference between uh, voice acting and acting on camera? Like, are there anything that that um, any techniques and things that um, you would do for voice acting, but wouldn't necessarily do for acting on camera? Uh, well, you don't have to learn lines in voice. Really? Like, doesn't it, doesn't learning the lines, though, like, help you get in the character and, and help you, like, act? Well, well, you, you learn them, you, you do the work, but you don't, you, they're, they're right in front of you when you record. You know, if, if we go line by line, sometimes I'll memorize on the spot so that I'm not, so I don't, so I don't catch myself reading from the page, which, which sometimes happens if I'm not careful. I'm going to focus more on moments than I am on, on a character voice. Just like how you would craft moments in an on-camera audition. You know, and you would explore different moments and ideas in an on-camera audition. It's the same thing. I think there's a bit of a misconception of voice acting is, is making voices and stuff like that. And and really, like, how you spelt it out is it's about creating moments and, and things like that is really valuable. Here's a story. I was working on a video game. No, was it a video? I don't even know what it was. It was something. It was a project. Um, was it? I don't even know what it was. Was it a video game? It was years ago. It was like seven years ago. It was a really nice session. It went really well, and I was really happy with the work that I put out. And the director was really happy, and the and the and the and the, and the uh, production was really happy, etc. And um, they pulled me aside at the end and were like, "Yeah, we were thinking of replacing some of the people in the cast with you." And I was like excuse me and, and and they go and that's not to brag like it's not to be it's 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 just it's a teachable moment for me it was a good reminder that one i need to take this i can't take this for granted and two i need to put the freaking work in they said they were like yeah everyone just kind of came in or a lot not everyone but a lot of people came in on this project and the script was right in front of them and they would just read the lines from the page yeah and well that's not acting you're just reading from the page Right. And, and, um, and, and, and I've caught myself doing that. Right. Like I've, and I've been called out on it too in session. I have, but also too, like, as I say that, like, that's, that's an opinion of mine that's like five years old. And I think that that, um, conversation has also changed in a way too. How do you mean it's changed? Well, in that more people are a lot more aware that it's acting now. <laughs> okay, good, good. Yeah. Okay. Right. The playing field in the voice world has opened up. It's opened up because of COVID. It's opened up because of a need for more diversity and inclusion. It's opened up um, because of all of the streaming services and how they're doing a lot more projects because there's all of these, you know, companies that want more content, right? There's all of this stuff, right? The, the, the playing field has opened up as, as far as what I've observed. Um, Right, like you can, you can, you can, you can work anywhere in the world from home as a voice actor. You could, yeah, yeah, especially as a voice actor. That's, uh, yeah, that that's the benefit of of it. You you build your own studio, which you have, 
<laughs> and you can literally just work from home here. Yeah. Yeah. I call him a spaceship. How much of your name your name change, your last name change was was because of of the lack of auditions you got in in film acting. Oh it it it, 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 it words. It had nothing to do with that. Oh, it had nothing to do with that. So what happened was um I I hate slating. <laughs> I just I don't like it. I don't like slating. Um and particularly because I had to say my name and I didn't like saying Brian Doe. It never felt good. Um it always felt weird, it always felt off. Um you know, because I'm I am Chinese and white. And I'm both. And uh and I'm not saying half anymore. I'm not doing that. Um, because I don't wanna uh uh discredit where I come from and and you know my heritage, but uh and then I was <laughs> I was uh I was talking to the family about just names and stuff and for the longest time I thought that my mother's last name was Chua. Because everyone would say Chua, 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 Chua. And uh I was like, well Chua doesn't feel right either, so I guess I'll just say stick to Brian Doe, whatever. And then about six, seven, eight months ago, what is time right now because of the pandemic? I don't know. I was talking to my mom and she was like, actually, it's Chua, C-H-U-A, Chua. Um, but all the white people say Chua. And I went, okay, okay, um, I'm not going to, no, uh, that actually feels right, believe it or not, to me. Um, that's what feels right. So then in January, um, in a voice audition, because um, in voice auditions, um, you always slate at the front. Um, I've never been told otherwise, right? Whereas in on-camera auditions, for self-tapes anyways, they usually encourage you um, to tail slate, to slate at the end. Right. And, um, and, and uh, just, just to describe what, what slating is, is, is just your, uh, for voice acting especially, is it your name and then, and then what else goes behind that? Uh, it's usually just your name. Yeah, it's it's usually just your name. It's I mean, I say if I'm doing more than one take, if I'm sending more than one take, um, and if you're sending more than one take, make sure that they're different, um, like a different a different character choice, like a different character choice, vocal choice, etc. Uh, don't send something similar. Um, I'll say the number of takes. So I'll say my name and the number of takes. So Brian Dochua, two takes. Right. Some people slate the character name. I've been told not to, and I'm okay. You know, you just you just don't want the slate to drag on. Right? You just want to get to the you just want to get to the scenes. Right? Um, is the most important thing. But I was slating I, I was I was auditioning for something in, in January and I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna slate differently today. I'm gonna I'm gonna try something different. So I slated it's Brian Dochois is what I did, something along those lines. And I just felt so whole. Like I actually felt, um, I actually felt like me, you know? Like I felt like it was, I felt like, okay, this is, this is, this is who I am. This is me. This is, you know, um, um, that's, that's really, that's really it. I don't, I don't know how else to explain it. So this this is more coming out of a more personal identity 
you, you feel more comfortable in your own identity with this name change. Yeah, and it's a professional thing. Like, I don't know if I'm going to legally change it um, as of right now, but but that's what I'm that's what I'm doing because it. I always, I always, it just, I don't know. Brian Doe always felt really weird just saying that over and over again. I was like, why? And I thought that, okay, well, as I get older and I grow and I develop and mature and whatever, okay, that'll just, that'll just fix itself. Um, and then I was like, one day, okay, let's just try this and see what, see what happens. Yeah. I mean, it's all, it's all a part of that process of self-discovery. Is there anything that you wish you could tell your younger self who was uh, struggling with this uh, uh, ethnic dilemma earlier on in your career or anything Uh, well I mean it's not really an ethnic dilemma per se is it It, you know it's so interesting that 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 and the answer to that question has changed multiple times over the last two or three years um but but so when I was younger I I was very um without even realizing it I kind of realized like I, I was kind of running away a lot running away from my identity, running away from being Asian. I desperately wanted to fit in. You know, I went to a, I went to a high school that was actually very multicultural um, for the most part, you know, um, but, but, you know, I still gravitated towards just, I just want to fit in as much as I can. And because the, the most of the media that I was consuming was white and most of the uh, things that I was seeing on, on TV was white and, and, um, in general, like the majority of my teachers were white, right? The, uh, the majority of them in high school were fantastic, right? Um, they were really great, but but I really realized, or I've realized over the last six months, really, I'm like, wow, I was really trying so hard to fit in and just be someone else to be accepted. And if I were to go back in time, I would have just been like, dude, just be you. Just, just breathe, enjoy the process, be you, don't worry about all of the white noise of all the drama, don't worry about any of that, you know, and yeah, just, just be yourself, which is so cliche, but it's so true. Like that's, that's really what, um, what I think a lot of people need to hear, you know, especially at that age where, where you're, I think a lot of people are trying to fit in for many different reasons. Right. It's just like it, it, it's just 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 be yeah. yourself. I mean, there's the question, there's the extended question yeah. of, of what does that mean? You know, like what does being yourself mean? I don't have the answer to that one. I don't. Ask me in five years. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't know how to I don't know how to explain that, honestly. I don't know how how i've kind of like what i've kind of realized about about you know being yourself is is don't it's is not rejecting the things that are giving given to you because of because of um uh, like like not rejecting my uh, cultural identity for example because all i consume is uh white media because it's not something that you know i see very often in media um I not rejecting that side of myself because I I definitely did reject that side of myself uh, as a kid. Yeah, I think a lot of people did, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just I just want to tell them, like I I I had a revelation like a couple years ago where it was like, if I went back in time and told like fifteen, sixteen year old Brian what he get up to by the time he hit you know his late twenties, 
he would have been beaming. He would have been beaming. He would have been radiating utter joy. He would. He would, right? And that was a really, a really nice thing to acknowledge and, and discover and realize. Well, uh, I think this is kind of a, a beautiful place to end. Um, so I'll finish off with uh, uh, the, the, the questions I ask everyone. First question, uh, first rapid fire question is, uh, what's the worst advice you were ever given? Be a politician on social media. What? Yeah. Okay. Not going into yeah, it, but yeah. Let's leave it at that. Uh, search up Brian's uh, Twitter to find out more. Um, <laughs> you won't find anything. <laughs> You'll just see me being me is really it. Um, and uh, what's the best advice you were ever given? Well, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is be yourself because we were just talking about that for forever. But but um, enjoy the... Pro- oh, be patient. Be patient. Be patient. Embrace the process. Like... Yeah. you know and i'm still i still work i need to work on that still but. yeah it's hard it's a hard one yeah yeah and and well i mean i can yeah a lot of a lot of them are cliche yeah right work in yeah that's a that's a really tough one because time's a ticking arrow and and uh mm-hmm. you know you only have so much of it and so that's why <laughs> yeah impatience well is so and common and i guess so maybe i'll i'll i'll, I'll just really quickly um uh, expand on that be patient um be be patient with your growth as like an artist and as a human right versus like oh i'm just going to wait you know, it's may the 4th there's a strange disturbance in the force i'm going to get a movie today do you know what i mean like it it's like for some things you're going to have to go out and do it yourself right um you're going to have to go out and 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 put yourself out there absolutely right you can't just sit back but but in terms of growing um, as an actor, as an artist, as a person, right? Whatever you want to do, um, just just be patient. Yeah, it's worth the patience. Yeah, there are things that I am discovering in this work about me and about the work um, that I didn't have answers to five, six years ago. And I have also a lot of questions about me and about the work that I probably won't figure out for another five or six years. And that's okay. Right. I'll, I'll viscerally understand it when I get there. I'll get there when I get there. Yeah. Right. Versus trying to be like, I have to be everything so that you'll hire me or cast me or whatever. In your opinion, what does a more diverse film industry look like? Education. You know, I think, I think we need to go out of our way to, to, to educate and speak up um when we can when it's someone in a position of power that may not necessarily understand or um uh uh be aware of uh certain certain things right i certainly have i've certainly spoken up there's been a couple of times where i've spoken up behind closed doors and hiring more people of different different backgrounds um you know sexual orientations gender identity um in positions of power too. Just continuing to educate and speak up, I think is, is how we're going to get there um, to open up more opportunities really. And, and, and doing so with, with care and not judgment, I think is also important. Yeah, I think so too. There, there needs to be 
a level of understanding and empathy on on both sides. Exactly. For things to, for things to work. Let's be as open to as many different ideas um in regards to more diverse and inclusive casting and 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 content. Yeah, stories. Is there uh, anything uh, you want to plug like social media or anything like that? Where can we find you? Oh, uh uh, uh I'm the Brian Doe on Twitter and Instagram. I don't know how I'm going to change the it to Chua. I don't know how to do that yet, but we'll figure that out eventually. I don't know. I'm so, I don't get it. I don't get social media. I'm trying hard, but I don't I'm not great at it. I'm not I just I just try to be me. So, yeah. Thanks a lot. Uh again, Brian, this has been awesome. Brian Do Chua, everyone. It's kind of amazing how quickly 10 years goes by. I've known Brian for 10 years. Um, but for the, for the last few years, we haven't really talked too much just because we've been really busy. What he was saying about struggling with finding his identity was something that I didn't even know was happening. It was really interesting to hear. Um, and that's the thing with these um, conversations is that it doesn't really often come up in in casual day-to-day talk. And so that's why I find this podcast so exciting is that we actually get to have these more difficult conversations in the more public uh, space so that not only are we having conversations about it, but um, other people can listen in and start their own conversations. I'm really excited to hear more of these opportunities and and conversations uh, come up. If anyone has any uh, interest in voice acting, please give us a shout on Facebook and Instagram and follow our newsletter because Brian has sent us some things that we can share with you as well. Thank you again for listening in. Thanks for listening to BIPOC Credits by Andy Wong. This episode was produced by Nightingale. Our editor is Rihanna Toy. Graphics by Joshua Lamb. Theme music by Peter Robinson and Patrick Fiore. Intro and outro voiceover by Mike Lee. Thank you to our community partner, culturebrew.art for supporting us. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and Instagram at BIPOC Credits. If you're enjoying what we're doing here, consider supporting us on Patreon and subscribe to our newsletter to get all the juicy information we didn't quite get to in this podcast. Thank you once again for listening to BIPOC Credits. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist-approved, so fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head-on. 